0: This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies presented by ESPN. I am Matt Ungard, and with me today, Tasmania's own Ben Qualiata. Hello.
1: Greetings from the Apple Isle to all.
0: Uh, so, if people don't know, Ben is a longtime uh, fan of the show and contributor. uh, to the show he's got his own newsletter and website beyond the fence uh go check out all the stuff that he writes uh you can usually see it on his twitter but uh we are continuing on with our carousel of guest hosts while campo is overseas and you are up this fine thursday night benjamin we recorded the rest of the show earlier today but we are jumping back on a few minutes now to talk about that smash up at the gabba
1: yeah, look. To be perfectly honest, if I wasn't coming on this show, I would have turned off this game after about fifteen minutes because it was just, <laughs> it was just a dead set. Like, if, like, I don't even know where to start because it was a depressing atmosphere. Footy games at the Gabba just don't work. The Roosters clearly didn't bother turning up, and the Broncos might as well not have. Just give them the two points and stop wasting everyone's time.
0: Yeah, well said. Um... I mean, despite that, there was a few funny moments. We had <laughs> a Grant Atkins try saver.
1: Some of the best defense the Roosters played all
0: night. Genuinely, yes. Uh, we had the Lindsay Collins drop ball for that try. We had the Billy Smith kick for that try. All very, very funny stuff.
1: Yeah, like, I was actually watching this game going, you know what, B- Billy Smith's actually look looking like-, like, he's getting on the outside a few times and like he's had-, he's had a pretty good season and then he goes and does that. So notes out the window.
0: Yeah, he played all right. But like, yeah, it just felt like, as you said both of these teams are very much going through the motions for us. So Brisbane's defense was once again very very solid. I know they they gave up a couple of late tries but you can do that when you're up 20-0 or 26-0 or whatever it was at that point. And um yeah just the one line break for the roosters so once again Brisbane proving their medal in defense. And yes a couple of the tries they get in attack are lucky but hey they definitely had a, they had far far more chances to score and obviously so they did have you know probably six points taken away by the referee being in the way. I wonder if you'll Buy Tyson's smoothie beer or something. But yeah, I mean, they thoroughly deserve to win this game. And it's interesting. Uh, people will hear this at the end of the show. And we go through every team that's still in the equation for the finals. And we did very, 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 very briefly mention the Roosters out of politeness because they were mathematically still in play. I believe that we can now officially, for the 17th time this year, put a line through them.
1: You just love putting lines through the Roosters. It's I like really see your face light up with such just delirium. No, I. I the roosters obviously were terrible in this game and i watched the roosters and i just struggled to really visualize what their plan is especially in attack because like obviously they're they're a bit low on troops like brandon smith hasn't worked out they're playing sand and smith in the halves but i just watched them and it's very clunky they just go sideways all the time their kicking game is terrible both in just general play and close to the line, like those crossfield bombs are going nowhere near the try line with any sort of consistency to allow their two giraffes on the wings any sort of chances to compete. That one nice little crossfield play to Tupo aside, but like the, the Broncos defended well, but it's not like they were really forced into much scramble or any real sort of danger from the Roosters, you know, whipping the ball side to side. And it's that old adage of you've got to earn the right to spread the ball, and the Roosters, they just...
0: They didn't yeah. earn the right.
1: No, they didn't earn the right. They did not earn the right at all. Terrible.
0: Yeah, I've I've been a Luke Carey fan for a long time, but it's difficult to see how he plays a role in this team going forward. I thought it was a real tough game for him and it's been a tough season for him. And you know, yes. with all with all the with all the you know, the stuff he's had in the past with his head knocks and his injuries and all that stuff, I think that um yeah, they might have stopped playing future without him soon, which sucks because he's a fantastic player and he's been a fantastic player. Big part of one Premiership team at Seattle, then two more at the Roosters. But yeah, mate, I, I can't see a world where he can still be like a main contributor in this spine in 2024 if they want to get back to where the Roosters should be. Well, how old is he? Um, he's, I would guess that he's 31. If I had to, I'm just going to Google it real quick. But, uh, he Surely they'll just, they just, just, he is exactly 31. Let's go, me. <laughs> Surely uh, they'll
1: just, just sign, I don't know. That'll sign Jaden Sullivan and he'll turn into the well, next...
0: that, well, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice for them? But um, yeah, look, it it's I I just don't see Sam Walker coming back and fixing all of this. It's difficult to imagine like where exactly the, the turning point is going to come from. Like good halves are co- hard to come by, as we know. The market is, and especially this season, the market is so shallow. I don't think there's any way, shape, or form they get Ben Hunt. And beyond him, there's not a lot out there. They lose. They're going to lose Swalee, whether it's for next season or after next season. So that's another big part of their backline going. It'll be another year under the belt for Jared Reahar Graves. It's another year under the belt for Daniel Tupou. eight. it's another year under the belt for James Tedesco, who I thought was decent in this game. But again, like, there's just so many key players in this team that have been such vital parts of their success over the part over the better part of the last decade. Are either contributing less now than they have in the past or just straight up won't be in the team within the next 24 months?
1: Tedesco is great. Like, no one's disputing that. But to be brutally honest with him, his strength has never been in like the flashy creativity of fullback. It's always been that brute force, just running through tackles and being that kind of battering ram. Which is fine. It's obviously worked to great effect for the last ten years or so, both at the Tigers and the Roosters, and then for New South Wales and Australia. But it really does highlight the stark contrast to when the rest of the team doesn't have any sort of creative juice, and it's just a bunch of sideways and then turning people under. And some of the the like the passing, some of the passing going to ground was just shocking. It was under sixes stuff. They were bunched. There was just so many forwards were catching the ball flat footed. They weren't expecting it. Um, Joey Manu like Vossi loves his whole I was watching it on Fox not Channel 9 so Vossi was just going on and on about you just got to get Manu involved and like yeah you do but like what's he going to do he's not he's kind of the same style right so Mm. it's just you can't bash your head against the wall over and over again like Einstein's insanity right and it's just yeah I don't really know where they go like Sam Walker is still obviously very very young, but I don't think he, like you said, fixes their glaring issues of playing a bit too sideways. And then his kicking game is hardly one of his strengths either. He's got probably one of the smallest boots in the competition.
0: Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know where they go. It's nor nor do I. Um, Brisbane, I get just I the professional performance. I think that they've just proved to be the benchmark of the competition this year. They didn't. It, 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 it's. They, they didn't really have to work that hard for their points a lot of the time. Like, I mean, about 18 points were pure gifts, but at the same time, they got still, robbed of six. Well, yes, but at the same time, you still got to score them and you've still got to get all the, get through all your work and get through all your defense at the other end, which I think they did so brilliantly. But we can't get out of here without talking about Patrick Carrigan. We had Alex Troll earlier this season and now we've had Big Patty going over for his first try in the And didn't the boys love it?
1: Yeah, I actually, well, famously, I had money on to score when he did score, but I, I, apparently there was a bit of chat going around the uh, the punters' clubs. I heard that, about this that, that, that there was some money on Kerrigan tonight, and I just missed it. I haven't been as active as I would have liked to have been. You know, mm. just letting.
0: I mean, I'm it le- is objectively a mug's bet.
1: <laughs> but uh, it's no, ne- it's never a mug's bet when it
0: wins. Uh, I I do have some news. I don't want to shame, uh, but friend of the show, Edwin Smith, had fifteen dollars. Oh, I, I've heard this. I have heard and this. and cashed it out for twenty before the game started. Yeah, that's why he's the social media expert. That's that's very that's that's not your best that's not your best work, Ed. But yeah, delighted for Carrigan and delighted for the Broncos. I think but, now looking at the rest of the season, they probably, I mean, they got to be thinking that, minor premiership. But you'd think top two is locked top, up if they win one more game, which yeah, they top, obviously will. So yeah,
1: top two is locked up. Uh, I mean, we don't have to talk about like Payne Haas, exceptional as usual. I thought Flagler was strong as well. I thought Jadwiga
0: Hargrave should have been simmed in for that high shot, by the way.
1: But the well, which one? The
0: the one on Haas. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I probably agree,
0: but then it was one it of those It doesn't matter. Who gives a, it a shit? It was one of those
1: games to oh. Jared. like, it just spiraled. Like,
0: you just thought. And look, I get it. Hargo's just trying. Like, he's, I will say, it's like, it's like when Campo was talks about the 2014 Grand Final with me and James Graham was the only guy trying to make something happen. That kind of did feel like Hargo's. And that's felt like him in a lot of these games this year where he is just, really pushing that envelope to try and make something happen for a team that's just not going anywhere. But that's, well, uh, well, that's the yeah. reality.
1: Your 34-year-old your front row should not be the only guy trying to, you know, like there should be some of the, like guys like Collins should be really firing up as well. Yeah. Uh, also, just quickly, Reese Walsh, I thought he had some really nice moments. He threw a couple of passes to the touch judge. Um, but that little kick he put in for Ezra Mams try, I wish we saw more of that, just that yeah. little dinking behind the line, kind of in Super between. Nice. The fullback and the wingers. I don't think we see enough kicks in that zone. Um, whether he meant it, we'll never know. I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt because he's that good. But uh, yeah, Broncos, you'd have to think top two locked up and
0: yeah, well, they're they're onto to a, a 3 p.m. Saturday treat next week against the Cowboys. That'll be fantastic up in Townsville. But can we flex that with Roosters Manly, which is next Thursday's game? That shouldn't be allowed.
1: Um it's like um remember the last NFL season, like the Broncos, yeah. the Denver Broncos. Oh my Broncos god, the on. Denver
0: Broncos, or the Chicago Bears are on TV like every week, and it's like it was go like, away. It
1: felt like every Thursday night game was atrocious. Broncos Steelers.
0: Yeah, well it's Manly the next two weeks. Manly Roosters and Manly Penrith. So great. And it was it
1: was West's, it was West the last couple of oh weeks. Oh my god, right? yeah,
0: the, the trio of West's games anyway, nightmare stuff. But yeah, Roosters Manly next week. I can't be could not be much less enthused for a game given that one of their seasons is over and the other one is all but. But, hey, well, there you go.
1: I will not be watching that game because I will be at Perisher.
0: Oh, fantastic. You come to Sydney at any point after or before that?
1: Very briefly, yes. Oh, that means we're not hanging out because he said very briefly. Oh, yeah. man, I've booked out weeks and advance. Every- I can take a <laughs> I can take <laughs> a hint. Mate. It's fine. I can take a hint.
0: It's all good. It's all good. All right, now we're going to throw it back to ourselves earlier today. Try. Try. This is a try. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's a try! Oh, I don't know this is gonna be
1: a try!
0: Gee, what about this bloke? This is our weekly segment where we take a trip down memory lane looking back at a rugby league player, usually from the late 90s, early 2000s, that might make you go, oh, I remember this guy, Ben.
1: Sitting around and naming old footy players is the finest thing a person can do. Is literally my favorite thing to do in the entire world. And this week, CU in Vegas has offered up Justin Smith.
0: Fantastic. I uh, Fans of the early 2000 Rabbitohs will be delighted. Everybody else will be devastated that we are going back to that well again but Steven vegas has a has a pretty interesting story so he his he is based over you know, i'm not going to dox him too too thoroughly but he's based in america uh, as far as i know he is american and said my sparse nRL knowledge only starts in 2014 when i studied abroad and lived in redfern so i kind of just picked a random rabbit from the mid 2000s uh not get much more random than justin smith so you actually did some research going into this, which is commendable. You watched the 05 Grand Final again today.
1: Well, as soon as I learned that he indeed started the 05 Grand Final for Mm. the Cowboys as a de facto 5-8, I thought, well, that's the only excuse I need to go back and watch that game again. Um, I can't say he did much outside of randomly throwing the ball back behind his head that led to the Matt Bowen try. He was just very (laughs) much a a workman-like utility slotting in at 5-8 until... The, the Cowboys felt it was right to bring uh, Brett Furman on later in the game, which was meant to be their starting halves pairing with Jonathan Thurston.
0: Mm. Yeah, so Justin Smith's an interesting one. So he was a guy uh, from Narrowmine, uh, got his start with the Dragons in the early 2000s. Yes. Uh, played a couple of games for them in 2000 and 01. So just after they made that grand final 99. Was basically an every week player for them in 2002, including... Their two finals games. a victory over the Knights, which I believe was one of those 7v2 classic victories. Like the Dragons finished seventh on the ladder and knocked off the second place Newcastle. They actually scored a try uh in that game. And then of course they were knocked out the following week by by the Sharks. But yep. he was sort of one of these guys that kind of got like so I, I obviously remember that season very thoroughly. It was the first season I'd properly um like watched rugby league again since Souths were kicked out of the comp. So I, I remember the finals very well. I remember him playing in that and scoring in that finals game. So I was kind of excited that, that Souths had signed him. Um, obviously, that 03 season is one of the worst seasons in recent history. <laughs> um, they, the, the bunnies only won three games that entire year, one of which he won a fight against John Skandalis. And the other one was also against the West Tigers. Um, and in that second game against the West Tigers, uh, Souths went down 16-0. Brian Fletcher scores a dummy half try out wide to make it 16 all on the bell and Justin Smith, a goal kicking back rower. We don't see enough of those anymore. Bring back. a goal kicking back rower nails the sideline conversion. He, he got it just, he got it over the black dot, but it only had like barely enough power to get over the crossbar. So one of those ones that sort of just agonizingly drops over and yeah, Southen up winning by two 18, 16. And that was, uh, so that was their third win of, of season and their last, but um. Yes, it, that was a weird time for me, Ben, because in those days, like, and obviously this kind of applies even now. If you look at bad teams, like the 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 Knights from a couple of years ago, or even teams like the Bulldogs and Tigers now, it's never the forwards that stick out to you as being the problem. It's never the forwards we go, oh, that guy's, because it's really hard for a forward. To, chew, to turn in performances week in, week out, where they're like making high-profile errors, missing high-profile tackles, making high-profile mistakes. It's really, really difficult for us to do that. So basically, when I was to keep watching these South teams, they're obviously diabolical every week, but I had quite high opinions of all the forwards, and it was kind of difficult to work out which ones were actually good and which ones were. I loved Luke Stewart. I loved Paul Stringer. Loved Justin Smith. Loved Mark Minichello. Loved Ashley Harrison, all these, and plenty more, which I won't rattle off. But I guess one of the reasons we were able to tell that Justin Smith was good was probably the fact that he left South, who just won a wooden spoon in 2004, and immediately got snapped up by the Cowboys, who of course we talked about a little bit the other week uh, with the 04 Cowboys, and then he was snapped up for them in 05, and, and of course played and started in that grand final.
1: A- alongside a previous, what about this bloke, I believe in Paul Rahihi. Mm. So it's all coming full circle. Yeah, I mean, Justin Smith's 2003 season... Probably didn't hit the uh, dizzying heights that he, he, he experienced the year before. He, he only himself won two games, two out of twenty-two for a, a They were both against the Tigers. A gallant nine point zero nine win percentage. Yeah, kicked kicked seventy one percent of his goals though, forty-seven out of sixty six for a back row yeah. in the two thousands, not terrible. Um, and was also South's second leading try scorer that year behind a young Nathan Merritt. So yes. How could you let him go?
0: I don't know how they... Well, there's interesting. I, I did try to go back and find some... So, like, obviously, some of these guys have a bit more of an online presence than others when you try to find sort of what they're doing now. But yeah, most of uh, the old yeah, Justin I mean, Smith articles... Yeah, yeah were, Justin
1: Smith is hardly a, a unique enough name to... No, through. that well,
0: that was the other issue. Yeah, that's that's the other problem. But, like, so you go back, and there's articles from, like, Grand Final Week in 05 where it's like, oh, Justin Smith had doubts about leaving his comfort zone that he'd found in Sydney and heading north to the Cowboys, but he's thriving all that, all that lovely stuff. But there is very little about what Justin Smith has done since. However, oh, here we go. However, <laughs> one thing I did find, and this is actually a really good way. There's a little tip for anyone that wants to work out sort of, if you ever find like an old player, what, what, what do you, if, when you want to try to work out what they're doing now, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret that old Maddie's used in the past Sometimes those old Facebook pages that like, I'll oh, remember this, like the but, but Facebook pages that basically serve to do the exact thing that we're doing right now. There's Facebook pages <laughs> that exist to do that, right? And so sometimes if you type in like Justin Smith Rabideau's Facebook, which is what I did. You find an old, you'll find a post about Justin Smith or any player that takes your fancy. And what you'll find in the comments section, Ben, what will you find?
1: Uh you, you haven't I don't know what what will you find, Matthew?
0: Yes, you will find people tagging the person themselves in the comment section. Being, oh look, you're getting a shout-out from this Facebook page, isn't that fun? So in that Facebook uh, I'm very comment keen section where this hole leads, I found a couple of people who obviously his mates had tagged Justin Smith in these in the, in the comment section on this post. So I went to his profile and he now runs an air conditioning maintenance and repair service. Would you like to have a guess? at where he runs that air conditioning and maintenance repair service. Is it Uh, Vegas? You're actually not that far off. I was going
1: to say, is CU in Vegas Justin Smith?
0: No, but it's beautiful that it's come full circle that we we had Justin Smith nominated by an American because Mm -hmm. Justin Smith now resides in Shreveport, Louisiana, where he lives with his family and runs an air conditioning business. And he's got all these posts about like, Ah, uh, one of his sons who's like playing like high school gridiron over there. So that is ink- fantastic, and, and he's ah, uh, and he uh, I think he's been putting in some work for the Shreveport Rugby Club in his post uh, NRL career as well. But it- uh, yeah, he, he calls his business Out- Outback HVAC, and uh, yeah, it seems like he's uh, heating, ventilating, and air- heating, ventilating, and air conditioning service in Sterlington, Louisiana near Shreveport. So Justin Smith, good on you. That's an incredible sort of trip down the rabbit hole there. I think. That is, that is fantastic. Uh, anyone who knows anything about Louisiana, that
1: if you're not in the French Quarter of New Orleans, the rest of it is pretty much... Swamp. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so there's there's definitely a need for that sort of service out there. No, that's... I mean, of all the rabbit holes I could have been taken down, that is by far one of the more esoteric ones I could have thought of. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I was feeling a little bit sorry that uh, CU in Vegas had been nominated for what about this bloke on a week that the steel trap of esoteric knowledge himself, Nick Canton <laughs> is not here. and You were getting, you know, it's like being promised an autograph session with Steph Curry and Kent Bazemore turns oh, up. Don't put yourself down like that. I don't like it when you
0: do that. Hey, Kent Bazemore
1: got, got Steph Curry onto underarm. That's true.
0: I love that. I love that story. But um, um yeah. Uh, other,
1: yeah. A couple other things just about the 05 grand final. Yeah. Smith, a very useful utility player. I think probably only started so they could mark him up against the, uh the Tigers potent left edge of Benji Marshall and friends. Uh, And he did all right. He made a lot of of tackles, just basically played as an extra forward, moved into the middle once Furman came on. But uh, yeah, an air conditioning tycoon in Louisiana. That is fantastic stuff.
0: Yeah. And uh, coming up next week, uh, the random number generator has thrown up, our good friend, Morgan Watkins, aka Morgs, big Storm fan. So I'm really hoping to dig into some early 2000s Melbourne Storm. what about this bloke? If I... (laughs) I can imagine Um, so yeah we'll be back again to do that next week now let's move ahead and preview the rest of round 22 starting in Tamworth Benjamin with the South Sydney Rabbitohs and look time of recording Latrell Mitchell is playing but I'm not going to (laughs) believe it I'm not going to believe it until I actually see him cross over the white line what do you think? I mean they, they can't pull this two weeks in a row can they? surely not well, I, I think it was already ruled out by this point last time, right? Because actually, no, it was a, it was pretty much right now. Because I was going to the station to go get dinner before I went to uh, Homebush for the Matildas game. So it would have been right around, like right yeah. now. So, yeah. Um, look, this this is not the Broncos. This is not sort of any team that should be giving South any sort of trouble. I will say it's the best team that um, the, the Tigers have trotted out in quite a while. Luke Brooks is back. Happy out starting. Like, the forward pack does look pretty handy. But um, if Souths are to get anything sort of back in any way, shape or form in this competition, it has to start here and they have to win this game pretty well, don't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the Tigers lineup and it's the same thing we've been saying, well, we, I've been saying all season about how, um, you know, the forward pack has never really been the issue. It's always just been kind of, uh, errors and some pretty aimless play from, from their halves. But I mean, yeah, look, looking at who Souths are getting back with, with Latrell Mitchell and obviously they had all their ins last week. You've got to think that the Tigers forward pack, despite, you know, the return of Oh, happy starting a return of Luke Brooks. I mean, if Souths are really going to shake things up and get their season back on track, they have to put in some kind of get right game. They really need to clown on a bottom eight team for once.
0: Yeah, and it's 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 not even like the Tigers have a great deal of motivationist. I mean that 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 game last week against the Dragons was was hugely important for them to have any chance of getting uh, sorry avoiding the wooden spoon. I suppose that they could win two more games, and that would uh, over the course of their final six weeks. But it seems exceedingly unlikely that any sort of defiant avoidance of the of the wooden spoon is going to come. This week, or probably even next week, when they go to Canberra, or the week after when they play the Warriors, it feels like if they are going to sort of steal a couple of wins to end the year and sort of try and get to fifteenth or sixteenth, it's going to come in those last three weeks of this season when they don't leave Sydney and play the Dolphins, the Roosters, and see. It's
1: it's just grim, like that at this point. Like I've been, I know Penrith are good now, but I've been there, like the the late two thousands when it was like trying not to get the spoon. But I mean, Dane Laurie plays at six again um, after signing back with Penrith, but. Thought he was really good last week. Everyone said he was probably one of the better players on the park for them. And interestingly, a spine, a, a half spring that's not going to be there next year uh, with Laurie going to Penrith, Brooks going to Manly. But I mean, at, at this point, I don't know like what there really is left for for our friends that go for the Tigers to look for. I mean, at this point, you just want to see some of the young kids start to kick on, right? Like they have got Atasi James on the bench, mm. Sean Bloor, uh little known hooker or utility Will Smith, so maybe he can offer something, mm. but.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised they've gone with Will Smith over De Silva on the bench. Like, I feel like if they are towards the future, it's kind of like, what's the point of this?
1: I am not surprised. because Sorry, maybe
0: "surprised" <laughs> is the wrong word. I'm puzzled. I mean,
1: I'm confounded, flabbergasted. Mm. Yes. If if I was running the team, I'd probably wouldn't be starting or wouldn't be running Will Smith in 2023. But that's Tim Sheen's prerogative. He can do what he wants. He he's forgotten more about footy than I'll ever know. But I mean, for me. Like, look at these reserves for the Tigers. These are the guys you kind of want getting some minutes in when the stakes Absolutely. are maybe a little bit less intense than what they could be. Like, Justin Matamua, who I know a lot of Tigers fans really want to see, just get some run. He's been 18th man probably more times than he's played reserve grade this year. Mm. Like, I don't know what benefit that does for his development. You said Talon De Silva. Looked nippy in a couple of the games he's played, probably still a year away from being a regular first grader just because of how small he is, needs to put a bit of bit of beef on Um Actually, they're running two hookers on there as so Jake Simpkin as well. I'm not sure what's happening with him either, but yeah. I think either of those guys, like Simpkin's kind of here's what he is at this point, but what what that is is not Will Smith. So, you know,
0: yeah, I, I don't know. And, um, yeah, so a new look halves combo of Dane Laurie and Luke Brooks. They've not played halves together as far as I'm aware. So that'll be interesting. And, but again, another one with, with Laurie, right? So, like, he's re- we'll get to the news at the end of the show, but he's going back to Penrith. So, again, it's like, why? But, oh, well. Yeah, well I,
1: I'm, I guess, well, I guess the motivation now is to not get the spoon right. Yeah, and well, I mean, I, I imagine Laurie is probably a better chance of winning a game, maybe not this game, but a better chance of winning a game than Brandon Wakem is at this point. Yep,
0: yeah, you know what? That's probably fair. All right, uh, we spent probably too many minutes on this game already. I'll take South <laughs> to win. I'll take South to win very handsomely. I will go Souths 40. Yep.
1: Tigers 2. Are
0: they going to be up two nil?
1: No, it'll, they'll be down
0: eighteen 0 eight, on half time. They'll be down. Oh, well, I was going to eight 0 at half time. And okay, two. a gentleman's two. A, sure. a gentleman's two. All right. Then we head over to the Telstra Dome for the Melbourne Storm and the Parramatta Eels. Um, it, this is this is panic stations for Parramatta. I think, Benjamin. I think that with the way they're that with the way their run home is looking, and that big loss to the Cowboys last week. Um another defeat here and they're just going to be anxiously watching Cronulla's results for the next few weeks, I think is their best path to the finals Um, a really, really tough test for them here, of course um not really, I mean uh, uh, interesting with Justin Olam being taken out of the team, as far as I know, he's not injured um, Tarek Sims obviously suspended no Nelson Isofa-Solomona either, so a bit of a reshuffle for the Storm, um what do you make of that? Particularly, I guess, the the Olam thing.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen anything. Um, but I don't
0: remember reading anything about him being hurt.
1: No, and so obviously a pretty um, patchwork back mm. five now with Marion Sevi and young Tony Pierre coming in. I think Remus Smith's out as well. So. Oh,
0: so so Nas dislocated his finger. So that's that's okay. So we know what's going on there. But yeah, there's not really much about, Sol Sol, uh, about uh, Justin Olam. So interesting. Yeah, no, just
1: yeah. So Remus Smith's got an adductor issue, but Justin, old yeah, I haven't seen anything on X.com. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we we speak all the time about how Melbourne's forward pack is a little bit uninspiring, but to me, the backs at this point they're kind of they're just pulling guys. Like remember last year, we got Green Anderson was getting a run of games. Well, I mean, I mean
0: that he played this year as well, so I know. But let's never forget—not an extended run, though. You're no. right. He got yeah. Yeah, he got
1: a run of games.
0: Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's the ticket, right? Because I think right now Parramatta, without Vera Grig and without uh, Regan Campbell Gillard for the next and the latter for the next couple of weeks, I think yeah, their forward pack is really going to struggle when they play a couple of teams coming up. But especially without Nas, I don't know if And this is insane to say. I don't really know if the Storm have a forward advantage in this game.
1: Well, Well, Grieg is actually is in the reserves, so, oh, so we- he might he might he might come in late. You never know. But now, outside of like Hooker, there's a decided advantage. But if you look at the big fellas, like Tui and Christian Walsh, they've kind of had a, a I'd say a mixed year as a starting front row. Trent Luero has these moments where you're like, I can see why Bellamy persists with him. Mm. And then just make like two bonehead errors in five yeah, minutes. exactly. Give away a penalty, just drop a ball wide open in front of the line. Tom Eisenhouth and Josh King are just kind of like serviceable first graders. Like King I don't think has been as good as he was last year, but he was so good last year it's probably a bit unfair to expect that again just with the expectations and, and all Eli that.
0: Ellie Katoa back on the bench is big though. I could see them doing a late reshuffle and him being promoted back to a starting spot. He's yeah.
1: Yeah, like oh Katoa's like been a pretty sh- uh, pretty fair shine and light for the Melbourne forward pack this year, just with the way he runs into those holes and gets a little laid off foot right away. But I mean, I, I would imagine they'd swap him for ice and late, but again, you never know, but yeah, looking at Paris forward pack and Andrew Davey, Bryce Cartwright. Well, yeah, no, no
0: Sean Lane as well. We forgot. So yeah, no
1: Sean Lane, but I mean, Davey, I, I'm not saying he's going to, he's not Sean Lane. Although Sean Lane doesn't have a great year himself. Are they a bit disjointed? And then with the injury at the start and injury now, but I mean, Campos said it a million times before, Bryce Cartwright playing some career best footy in un bryce Cartwright-like ways. Mm. Um, and Jermaine Hopgood, I don't think has been as good as he was at the start of the year, but still, I look at that power pack and I, I look at the way they can generate metres through the middle. And if Hopgood gets that offload
0: going, I just think they might have a little bit too much speed through the middle for Melbourne yeah, early on. They need a big game from Ballo as well, I think. But I, I just feel that like, a, a, as good as Moses and Gutherson have played in the last few weeks especially, you look at both teams and it's clear to me that the two best players on the field are wearing the number six and the number nine for the Melbourne Storm. So with sort of how kind of bog average the forward packs look at the moment and sort of how uninspiring the back lines look aside from those four players I just mentioned, I think, I think I'm think i still going to give the Storm a little bit of an edge here, particularly at home. And I think I can see them eking out. Like I can see this being another one of those games, right, that Paramount have had where like, they fall behind, they make a sort of a spirited comeback and fall just kind of short. I Like, see, Storm winning this by like six to eight points. Well Parra we'll power played at the level of opposition all year,
1: right? Like yeah. they, they really race for like Penrith and Brisbane and Souths and Storm, and then they'll 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 take it to Golden Point pretty much against the Gold Coast, for instance.
0: Yeah. But well they've got a raise for this one, mate. So
1: Yeah, I I, I tend to agree though. I know like the, the whole Melbourne thing, right, is making average guys look good, but I look at this Melbourne side. It's not bad, and mm. especially when you've got, you know, Meany, Munster, Hughes, Grant as your spine. That's still a pretty class spine in Melbourne as well. I don't know what Paris' record's like in Melbourne. I don't know if it's anywhere near as bad as some of the other teams, but I I just can't see Parramatta really... like If, if their forwards don't get on top early and dominate, then I can see Melbourne getting their influence on later in the game. And look, Paris' bench is hardly great either. Like, Ryan Madison's on the bench, but other than that, Luca Moretti, Joe Owen, and, and Joey Lussick, fresh off the plane from England.
0: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fill you with with confidence, does it? I'm just having a quick look here. Um, So, Parramatta won the last game down in Melbourne 28-24 in uh 2022, but before that, it was a 32-0 win to Melbourne. That was in the finals in, in 2019, if you remember. Uh, 20-4 win in 2018, an 18-16 win uh, in 2017 um but the 20 it was also in the finals and then over 22 to 6 regular season loss before yep. that so they've had a couple of decent successes in the regular season down there over the past few seasons so you never know and this look this is this is dire straits for out if they lose this game so i'm expecting i don't think they're going to roll over even with even with the forwards they're missing i think it's going to be a very tough very competitive game very excited for it but um Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) Melbourne's The the raucous atmosphere at the Telstra Dome is going to get Melbourne (laughs) over the line. Yeah,
1: Melbourne by 10.
0: Okay, all right. So moving on to a game which is suddenly looking kind of large for both teams. And again, this is, I guess, the beauty of having a comp that's so even this year is that basically every week for the season, we're going to have games where we preview them and go, oh, well, this game's suddenly looking pretty big. And three o'clock in Canberra, no exception, as the Raiders host the Knights, if the Knights do want to try and keep that charmed run going and, and sneak their way into the finals, there's it, it has to continue on here with a win over Canberra. So Canberra, I believe, 11 wins. The Knights are on eight and a half. So two and a half wins behind them. Go to one and a half with a win here, and then suddenly there'll be other teams that are on 10 or 11 wins as well. So if the Knights can get this... Knights can get a win here. There's a world where they're half a win out of the eight at the end of this week.
1: Well, uh, yeah, the night if we assume... We think the the, the way that well game the show goes, yeah if,
0: if Para and Cronulla both lose or Souths even then yeah there's a, the Knights are half a win out of the eight if they win this that's I, well, gigantic well, yeah well Newcastle will leap Para if we if the game goes the way we think it will so oh, bloody hell you're oh because they've extra buy yeah yeah
1: yeah okay. yeah oh, wow yeah buy points <laughs> um no it, it's a hugely important game for both teams I think the Raiders just to really solidify themselves because that they, everyone from I would say well. Fifth down, just because the Raiders four and against aren't really locked in yet. So for them to get a win here against a really rising Knights side, especially after the origin period, some of their players coming back in some really good form. Where's this game? I forgot what this game was. It's in Canberra. So this in is... In Canberra, a, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Canberra's going to have their work cut out for them because the Knights back five are hugely important to how they play with their yardage, Maju, Young, and Ponga and Bradman best in the form he is. Like, the Knights have played some really good footy lately. I know they beat the Tigers last week, but I think it's the manner which they've played I think can be sustainable against some of these teams fighting for their spot inside the top eight.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, a uh, friend of the show, Horsbro Scores reposted the Caelan Ponga stats in his last six games against the Raiders. Four wins, two losses, three tries, nine try assists, and 46 points. So is that good? I think that is good. So Love's playing against... The Green Machine. I think that they've really just figured some things out recently. Um, they were sensational against Melbourne last week, and yeah, it, this is just such a big game for both teams. I, I, I'm, it, it's it's just tough to get a read on what the Raiders are going to do since they're just such a weird team, and and not, nothing we could say or do or or predict. We'll have it, it's it's unlikely we're going to get remotely close to predicting what these lunatics are capable of. But at the same time, the strength of Canberra comes through their forward pack. And it has done all year. And then off the back of that, they've been able to do a lot of good things and bad things with, with guys like Whiten and, and Chris and stuff. So I'm not sure they're gonna have it all their own way in this one, though. That's the thing. I think that at the moment, with the way the storm of uh, with the way the knights are playing, I'm sorry, they're being they're aiming up, they're being physical, they've suddenly got a little bit of firepower off the bench. I really like the way Matt Croak is playing. Jack Hetherington, for all his faults, can <laughs> cut co- can come on and, and sort of create some havoc in a 15 to 20 minutes. stand. Brody Jones isn't a bad player either. In fact, I honestly, like, if you take the Starling Man Utilities out, I look at both benches, and I kind of think that the Knights have a bit more there with Jones, Hetherington, and Croker, as opposed to Emre Gula, Pasami Solo, and Arthur We have Oh, it is a revenge game for Pasami Solo, though, of course. I can't believe there haven't been stories written about this week. But, like, They'll be marching in the streets of the Hunter. <laughs> absolutely. So... With that in mind, I think there's a there's a world where, and you mentioned it, their back three just feasts on bad defence that wide as well, and that, and that's been a gigantic problem for the Raiders this year as well. Has been their edge defence. I just think stylistically, the Knights just match up really, really well in this game. Like you can't tip either team with any measure of confidence in this game, such as the way the Canberra Raiders are built in 2023. And I wouldn't deign to try and predict what's going to happen, but. I am going to tip the Knights again. I I think the Matt Bungard randomly falling in love with Newcastle three or four weeks ago train is going to keep on rolling here. (laughs) And they're going to do it. I think they're going to get this win here. And then suddenly you're going to have a few teams, Parramatta, Cronulla, Canberra, possibly South, possibly even the Cowboys in the storm, looking nervously over their shoulders thinking, shit, we only had to evade one team to get into the top eight. Now we might have to be dealing with two. Yeah, I don't think anything you've said is
1: unfair. Um, Daniel Saifidi is a big out there for Newcastle. That is true. Um, Replaced by the other Saifidis. So do they really lose much? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Brady Jones comes onto the bench for him. I think what you said about the the benches is true, but I think the
0: Knights bench is lower floor. Yes. So, oh, I mean, Jack Ellington might Jack have a The, lowest... alone, the, the yeah. two Jack Ellington alone. The two players named Jack on opposite teams in this game certainly have the lowest floors, I think it's fair to say. Yeah,
1: I, I I can i tip hit Canberra by negative five, isn't that their average margin this yeah, year? Yeah, it,
0: it is. That's that's right. And obviously four and against doesn't matter for the Knights, but it is kind of a problem for Canberra if they if they if they do lose a couple of games that they're supposed to win because they are of course just leaps and bounds behind every other team yeah. around them in terms of four and against. Like there is, there is a world where well, I mean I don't think Fenella are gonna win, but there is a world where Canberra finished this Canberra finished this round in eighth, which is which is crazy given that they're you know how well uh, you know so how, how they're 11 and 7 I mean that that should be good enough to be higher than that but yeah the way I, the comp's shaking out this year
1: yeah I, I, I'm gonna go Canberra though I think they'll have just enough in the forwards especially with Daniel Slapiti being out I think that's just gonna be a little bit too much for Newcastle to overcome
0: yeah that's totally fair I'll take the Knights in a close one let's move on well it's obviously gonna be a close one yeah well yeah that goes with that saying. Um, I like this quirky little stat that's been doing the rounds online the last couple of days that DCG is the first player ever to play 300 games in the same position. Really? That's what, that's what's. that's what, apparently he's been named the halfback for all 300 games. And there's no other 300 gamer that's, that's played the one position their whole career. I guess that makes sense. You think about, I mean, but where did Cameron says probably came off the bench in a game at some point or maybe it was played halfback? Um, Yeah, that's what I was
1: going to say. Like what, he hasn't even got like a token bench, like his first game was a bench utility.
0: Well, straight yeah. in halfback. So Lockyer, of course, played multiple positions. Terry Lamb, yep. Steve Menzies, Gal Parker, Benji Marshall came off the bench at the end there for Souths and played halfback for a bit. And then yeah, all the rest of them are like forwards or guys like Darbs who played who played wing and fullback. So and yep. Freddie yeah. Lock and 5'8", John Sutton forward and 5'8". So yeah, like I mean, it's mildly surprising, but then I guess when you look at the players that are there, it's kind of like apart from Smith and Cronk and Billy Slater, it's like well, well, yeah. I guess. Although well, the other one's Hasm. Where did Hazem play that wasn't wing? It must have just this must the other guys must supposed be like token bench spots, right?
1: Yeah. So so I've got it in front of me. Kevin Smith played four hundred and eight games named at Hooker.
0: Okay.
1: Um, but yeah, five as a five-eight, seven eighth, seven as a half back, and yeah. ten off the bench. There you go. Um, um
0: so that makes sense. So the other yeah, you know, I I guess Hasm was the one that was confusing. Maybe he just like when he was a kid, they chucked him on the on the bench at number seventeen or something. But yeah.
1: That's four fine. games at four games at center.
0: Oh, Hazard yeah, now. Okay. Sorry, three, oh.
1: three at centre and 18 at fullback.
0: 18? Jesus Christ.
1: And three on the bench.
0: Yep. Shout out, Hazard. Great player. Anyway, back to this one. DCA, first player to have 300 games. And what an occasion it's going to be, Ben. An absolute <laughs> fight. We, jo- we joke, right? But after their shock win over the Sharks last week, Manly are in the exact same position as Newcastle, where if results fall their way, with that draw in hand, their four doesn't matter either. If results fall their way, they finished the season. Uh, they finished this uh, weekend in the top eight, which is incredible given that they lost Tom Tavares in Origin two, and we basically put a line through them at that point.
1: Yeah, I don't like it.
0: Well, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would require like it would require like several teams in front of them to all fall down. So it,
1: this it would be a, a series of unfortunate events, not even the Baudelaire children could live through.
0: Well, they'd need both Parramatta and South to lose. I think one of them might win. So yeah, um, but regardless, um, yeah, Manly suddenly find themselves sort of clinging on to that, to that race for the time to play for. And you know what? There's not many teams you'd rather play than a, dra- <laughs> than a Dragons team that like, you know, not only have they only won five games this year, but because of last week, which, you know, I don't think they played well in, but they had to get up for it to an extent because it was for all intents and purposes, a, a battle for the wooden spoon. They've got that win. So now it's kind of like, well, kind of coasting the field. I can't remember if you remember, um, uh to uh the barbecue gate after that in the end of that scene they sort of just coast at the end they didn't win a single game they were just absolutely phoning it in and and i'm not suggesting they're going to phone it in but i am suggesting that they perhaps won't be as motivated for this clash as manly might be
1: Uh, you know the uh opening of super bad when it's the last two weeks of school and he's just drilling random holes that's kind of what that's the dragons (laughs) right now Like oh. they honestly, they've probably done enough to avoid. Like they're not going to be worse than both the dogs and the tigers for the rest of the year, you would think. So they've probably done enough to avoid the spoon. I mean, that there've been photos that they have Jaden Sullivan hanging out with Justin Pasco. I don't think they. I don't think anyone in that club cares anymore. There's a debut for Connor Mullison, who I know absolutely yeah. nothing about. You're
0: a young dummy half through their pathways, apparently.
1: Yeah, I know a couple of Dragons fans are pretty excited for him on the manly side. Like, obviously, a great win last week like 30 nil against Cronulla confirmed a lot of things that we thought about Cronulla as much as anything, but kind of came to cost Paseca and Alio both out. So Matt Lodge
0: gets to start. Look, was and you want on Matt Lodge, he played well last he week.
1: He was, he, over 100 metres pretty impactful with his carries. Him and Woods combined for nearly 250 metres together, which in 2023 should not happen against the serious side, but we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the Sharks later, I'm sure. But yeah, I mean,
0: and they get to, they do get Toph Sipley back as well. Who, they get
1: Sipley back, yeah, very
0: handy. And and I guess through a series of injuries, Ethan Bullimore, who we were all kind of wanted to see in first grade anyway, is back in first grade.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like Bullimore, but presuming he plays in the middle because I think on an edge, kind of mm. a little bit wasted. So if he comes on the middle about half an hour, I think that's where he's probably at his best. But yeah, good inclusion from him. Dean Madison keeps his spot, still don't really know what he does, but good on him.
0: Yeah, uh, mate. Mate, so like Manly, I like DCE has been playing close to career best footy in the last yeah, couple of months. Like he's really sort of used Origin as a springboard and has just been going for it. Sec- I thought he was absolutely sensational against Cronulla And Schuster, I think since he's resolved this future, has been playing with a lot more reservation and sort of a bit more responsibility as well. And I think Manly are kind of like, yeah, we can, we can, we can still dig something out of this season and. If they are going to, it's going to start here, and I think they're a really good chance of winning this game. I think that they should win this game. I think I haven't looked at the odds, but I would imagine that they are relatively warm favourites. Let me check real quick. Yeah, they're a dollar forty favourites. So you think they get it done here, and that's why. Here's Taylor rolling the ball end on in. He's after it. He might have got it down. Oh, oh, he oh, thinks yeah. he did. Oh, cold train, car I'm cold training him. Dragons, I cold trained you last week. You have served your purpose. Thank you very much. <laughs> now go back to losing. I am on a seven or is it seven or eight win streak at the moment in the cold train cup. I am in form and I'm going to tack on another one here. Manly going to win this game, keep this season alive.
1: If I was still in the cold train cup, I've had a very up and down cold train season. I started seriously, lost a few games in a row, tried shooting the moon, accidentally won a couple of games, so tried seriously again, and then got to like three and five, and then just gave up but no if I was still in the running I would definitely be looking at this game I mean outside of you know Ben Hunt and Zach Lomax I think is playing some really great footy considering yeah absolutely you know where he came from earlier in the season but like there's just not a lot to get excited about for the Dragons I mean Jacob Little's had a good season but individually there have been patches here and there but as a team they just they just dire to watch and yeah like I'm glad you said what about Schuster before I agree he's Played some really responsible footy, still taking his chances, but you know, not as brash as maybe he was earlier in the season when he was throwing it around. He's like, Well, who else is going to challenge me? Do what I want,
0: yeah, totally. So, we're both locking them in and let's move on. Uh, you can come off the long run up for this one as Cronulla travel to Penrith in looking real rough, looking <laughs> real rough shape. Uh, so I,
1: I still think Penrith will win, but. And I know Cronulla haven't really beaten a good team since Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm.
0: But do you mean the movie or when it actually made the, when they actually made the atomic bomb? When they actually team? made when they actually
1: made the okay, atomic bomb. Okay, so
0: predating the Cronulla Club by eighteen years. Good. Yes, there was no
1: one. No There was no no other good teams in twenty sixteen. No, but in all seriousness, uh, this could be a potential banana skin game. I don't think it will happen, but Cronulla they have to respond. They were just dead set embarrassing last week. Was, like, I
0: mean, uh, that last, that late surge papered over some cracks, but yeah, the first hour of that game was absolutely diabolical. Yeah. So,
1: so Manly put, so Manly outran the Cronulla pack last week. It was pretty close in the end of it, but that includes, yeah, that last 20 minutes when, you know, Manly effectively just put the queue in the rack and started seabolding their way to a, to a, a close <laughs> victory. Yeah. Um, Penrith, I guess, kind of put the queue in the rack as well, except they got to play against the Bulldogs last week, so it didn't really matter too much. Uh, shout out Brian Toto and Liam Martin for their Blades of Glory celebration. That was uh, good. Which the Panthers' socials got ruined on because they thought it was the uh, classic Titanic pose.
0: Yeah, I, I botched
1: that myself. So <laughs> bad job, bad job by me. Uh, that, yeah, but I mean, look, it's at Penrith, Cronulla. We know what they're like against top eight teams. Famously, they're in a pretty rough trot at the moment. They've brought back Wade Graham, which confuses me. I guess they just want to let a club legend play against his former team at his hometown. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know where. Like where the sharks can exploit here. This is gonna look really bad when they somehow squeak out like a, an 18-16 oh, win.
0: Stop it. Cut it out. There's no <laughs> there's I, I like I understand you Penrith people need to look for any excuse to try and find a way to eke out some adversity from a situation where there is no adversity whatsoever. You are not losing this game. They are not getting close to you in this game. They've got like what make what what makes you think? What makes you think that Cronulla are going to eke out a narrow victory? Is is it, is it the return of Wade Graham into the starting team? Is it, is it is it the potential Matt Moylan revenge game as he lurks in Jersey eighteen? Uh, what is it? Tell me, please. Is it? So
1: is- yeah, so there's there's the obvious revenge game for Wade Graham. It's uh, Isaac Tonga's out another week, so there's still tired. Peachy. Peachy's been great. Actually, it's a peachy revenge game. Didn't think of that. Yeah,
0: so there's so <laughs> many
1: revenge games. And a and a Scott Sorensen revenge game in game 100. There so, you go. I don't know, like Scott Sorensen turning into an elite edge forward. You are was not, not losing
0: this game. Not I'm not going to allow you to come on here sully this. <laughs> I'll allow you to sully it in other ways, but I will not allow you <laughs> to sully the good name of this show by acting like the Sharks have a chance in this game. Well, you are paying a dollar ten, and I think that's overs. Give me Penrith by 20.
1: Load up. 10% interest. Wow. Uh, Penrith by 30. No, I think, look, the way that the Cronulla pack played last week against a pretty average manly pack, like Penrith should roll through the middle there. I think Isaiah has picked up his form the last few weeks, especially as a runner. I think we all know what he can do in the passing. game. I think he's put the passing game away a little bit and is digging into the line a little bit more. Fisher Harris was a man possessed last week against the Dogs. Leota has had a sick season. Um, Mitch Kenny's doing some good stuff uh, not trying too hard to be out. he's doing his own game and then we all know what the Penrith backline's like so realistically yeah I think you know, Penrith should really have this wrapped up
0: Yeah Uh, uh look early. I, I don't think Shaqs have much chance in this game but like it's looking like it's this game and it's a trip to Perth to play the Rabbitohs who look fit for the first time in the entire season so, and,
1: and whose home game is that?
0: Uh It's our home game in Perth So you've taken a game to Perth Yes. We, we, are you suggesting we take the whole... Well, we can't play in Sydney because our stadiums are taken up. But I, I repeatedly voiced my frustration that we didn't play the Sharks in the Sunshine Coast and take Brisbane to Perth, but whatever. doesn't really matter. Um, it, it's looking very, very shaky for Cronulla in the next... I know there's six on the ladder right now, but that is by virtue of having all those buys. And it's sort of a minor miracle for them, at least, that they, they went on that late surge last week and sort of got that for and against back into a respectable shape because a minus 30 there would have put them sort of worse than the Cowboys, like as bad as the Cowboys, worse than Parramatta's, worse than South's. Uh, and not that it matters, but yeah. as bad as Newcastle's. So <laughs> yeah. um,
1: just just one last thing quickly on on the Sharks and, and Braden Trindle. I know...
0: I didn't think he Shark- played great last week. I like him a lot, but I just didn't think uh, he played great yeah,
1: like last that, week. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I know a lot of Sharks fans just wanted him there by virtue of him not being Matt Moylan, which is completely fair enough. Um, but I think he's got to play a little bit more direct. Bloody crabbed across the field too much. And when your forward pack's not going forward as it wasn't last week... Yahabs kind of can't really be running across the field, and, and Nico hasn't had a great season post Origin one anyway. But I think both him and will need to straighten up a little bit more.
0: It's a shame. Like, yeah, I think Nico's really gone off the ball as well. I think, and you know, we've talked before about the the the, the way being sort of misused or mistreated in Origin can mentally harm a player for weeks or months. And that, I'm not going to speculate on why he's sort of gone off the ball a little bit, but I think that that might have played a part, which is a damn shame because I love Nico Hines. I love watching him play, but. Yeah, this isn't going to be a game for him to get right, I don't think. I think uh Penrith, there's no team better at motoring through the middle than the Penrith Panthers of the last three seasons. And there's no team worse at getting beaten up through the middle right now than the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks. So, yes, I shan't be singing up, up, Cronulla at 9.15 p.m. on Saturday night, I yeah. dare say. Um, doggies hosting the dolphins however with all the state this is where we're going to start this is a time of the season where due to the women's world cup we will be seeing a ton of home games at weird places do you know where the bulldogs are playing in this home game which
1: i literally just looked at it ah,
0: okay well they are <laughs> playing at salter oval in Bundaberg. so another another team taking a queensland team to a place in queensland great job guys um i thought they were pretty bad last week um Dogs, yeah, uh, yeah, like there, there, it was just a kind of a pointless game. It, it kind of made me glad that I could sort of concentrate because I was trying to watch that and the NRLW at the same time. It kind of made me glad that they were so shit that I could just watch the Raiders Sharks NRW game last week, which we forgot to talk about on Monday. By the way, the Sharks are really good, um, and, and sort of not look at them. And I believe them being the two PM game. I haven't looked at the where, what time the women's games are on this week, but I believe the Dogs being at two PM again means that they'll be the overlapping team once more. So, um. Yeah, there's a one hundred and fifty uh, NRLW game between the top of the table, West Tigers, and the Cronulla Sharks. Ironically, at Belmore. <laughs> what the fuck? What? what? Why can't hang on? What? Hey, hang... why aren't Canterbury playing at Belmore? If Belmore's open, why aren't they using it for their home game?
1: Oh, yeah. You're not talking to an events expert here. I don't know. Was there? Was that booked prior? Like, was NRLW fixture locked in before the World Cup? I don't. Just I don't know. play
0: all three games there. All
1: right, what calm the down, fu- bland. What is calm this? Calm down, bland. Still three grades on this.
0: Well, it's, I'm I'm baffled by that. All right, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Smarter people than us make the decisions. Anyway, well, so, I don't smarter. Not hugely interested by this one. But I will say that the Dolphins, I guess they're still that magical word, mathematically alive, if they, if they run the table and go 6-0. and oh. So there is something for them to play here. But, uh, you know, we've got a full slate of women's games and a bit of news to talk about. So let's just move on. I'm going to take the Dolphins in a, I don't know, by like 16 points. Who cares? Yeah,
1: the Dogs scored 18 points, but it's largely because the Penrith just not giving a shit. I'll take Dolphins by 20.
0: Yep, and last game of the round, uh the Titans hosting the Cowboys. Again, not a lot at stake for the Titans. Their season kind of went up in flames last week in the first half against the Roosters. However, the Cowboys are another team that are in that logjam of teams, and the Titans do love nothing more than playing spoiler against other Queensland opponents. So I think that despite the fact that their season is for all intents and purposes finished, they won't be going two tool, tools down in this one.
1: Yeah, it's... What, what a pointless what... existence.
0: The Titans, yeah. They're, yeah. Just, <laughs> they're rugby league purgatory, aren't they?
1: Like just if if you if your benefit every year or your peak is ruining other other team seasons I don't know like what are we doing here?
0: Well, that's what they're doing. They're trying their best to ruin other team seasons. I that is the
1: extent you. of my Titans analysis.
0: <laughs> uh, it was it was spot on. But yeah, so um, not a, no no nanai for the Cowboys this week. But um, that's all that's Griffin about it. Oh, sorry, all Griffin name. So. Uh, they're still going with the Jason Tamalolo off the bench thing, which I think has been working for them pretty well. I think it should work pretty well against the Titans in this one who have got a bench of Jaden Campbell, Chris Randall, uh, Jaden Campbell, Chris Randall, Cleese Haas, and Isaac for I think that that is uh, going to work a treat for them. Obviously, still no Tino for the Gold Coast. Um, and yeah, uh, starting forward pack with Isaiah, Isaac Liu and, and Joe Stimson isn't isn't really full, filling me with too much confidence against a resurgent Cowboys forward pack. I think that there's 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 still so much talent and so much ability in that in that Titans back line. And I think they've it has always got the capacity to to pull off a cool player too. When Jaden Campbell comes on, he will make a difference. He has done so all year. But I, I it's just really hard to see a world where they're on top to the point where they can sort of like, get enough good ball sets to score enough points to win this game. However, they have been known to get a sort of long-range counter-attack try in them. So perhaps there's a world where they eat up a bunch of tackles with when the Cowboys have the ball in hands and hit, hit them on the counter with a long-range AKP try or a long-range Phillips Army try or a long-range Jaden Campbell try. I don't know. I think that's probably the path for victory for them in this one. But again, the Cowboys have been so, so, so good for the last six or seven weeks that it's really difficult to go past them here. Yeah,
1: and I mean... You didn't even mention Aaron Clark as the starting lock as well. So mm-hmm. there's not a lot of finesse really in that in that Titans pack and not a lot of you know, a, a lot of blunt objects really when you consider it just sheer force. Like Foda Waker's had a great season, Fafitas had a great season, Veryls has kind of been up and down, and then the others just, yeah, they don't inspire much confidence. It's a pretty twinky-looking bench. Um like Tanner Boyd, I still don't really know what his strength is besides goal kicking. Because mm. he'll he'll have a couple of nice runs, he'll put some people into holes, and then he'll kick the ball thirty meters dead. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, I've, I've not been high on him either, but hey. So,
1: and I mean, I know a lot of Co- a lot of coast fans are kind of annoyed that, that Sexton being let go. I wonder if that's just because he's not Tanner Boy, because I don't really think Sexton's that great either. But yeah, I mean, the the back line for the Titans has been sick all year. Like Cam Pereira, Phil, the King Phil Sammy, but yeah, that like Scotty D. If he wasn't suspended, would be Dalyem.
0: Right yeah, I I had forgot about that because we were all we, all we we're all kind of getting a bit excited about Scotty D's stallion run, but of course he is ineligible, so that's a shame.
1: Yeah, one of one of the Smokies until you yeah, realize that he that's
0: right. Like shoulder charge someone in the head. So did forget about that. Ah, well. Ah, semantics. Right. We got full slate of NRLW game, and I got to say the thing I'm happy about the most with the additional teams in NRLW this year is that we don't have that sort of scenario where like a team loses their like first two games and their season's over. So. Plenty of intrigue on the line starting off the, this evening before the men's game with the Broncos hosting the Titans. Um, you know, it's a really difficult to get a read around anyone that plays for the, plays against the Roosters in the first game. I think the Roosters are absolute morals to win this competition. So I, I like Brisbane to win this game and win it pretty handily against the Titans. And I mean, this game will have happened by the time people hear this. But uh, hey, if, if we're wrong, deal with it. We're wrong all the time.
1: <laughs> I mean, has there been... I haven't seen any news on uh I know... There was a lot of raging emotions about whether she was going to be out for a long time for the Titans. I think it turns out just an ankle. Mm. So if she's in, that's nothing but a plus for them. But I mean, yeah, Brisbane look like they're going back to their old dominant days of, of pre-expansion. You know, when there was four teams just winning comps. I mean, I feel
0: a really good team. Like uh, last week aside, I'm not worried about the Broncos at all. I think they'll, they'll win this one. They'll be pretty, they'll be fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the, the Titans, they just look a little bit thin. Yeah, um, this, this one could be a bit of a smash up. I think it's the first, it'll be this is exciting because it's the first game in Canberra for the the the, the Valkyries, as our Durscord mates have insisted on calling them, even though the club are too cowardly to do it. Um, they're hosting the Roosters, though. And again, it's, um, yeah, it'll be a great occasion for them. But I think that they could be on the wrong end of a pretty heavy score on this week. I thought that Cronulla more than deserved their win last week against Canberra. And yeah, what do you think?
1: I mean, you just look at the Roosters' lineup, right? Taran Aitken, Sergis, and Kelly in the centers. It just seems like they got a little bit too much class. And the and the forward pack with Boyle and Davis and Keely Joseph, Livia Koenig, I mean, the Raiders have a couple of really nice pieces there. I think Soliola and Taufa in their forward pack uh, can really do some damage. But just looking at the numbers that the Roosters have, I mean... It's really hard to see them getting any sort of go forward against that Roosters pack, isn't it? And then, you know, allowing Taran Aitken of all players to play off the back of that. It's just kind of a recipe for complete carnage.
0: Yeah, obviously no Amber Hall for the Roosters. That sucks. this Frank injury out for the season. So that's kind of shit for the for her, obviously. But yeah, that team from top to bottom is still so stacked. No changes for the Raiders, despite last week's sort of flat performance, which I guess is fine. It's one game. You gotta you've got if you've got a starting 13 and a seven or a seventeen you want to go with, you've got to give them a couple of weeks. Um, If they are going to win this game, they're going to need a massive one for Samama South. I thought Chiso pretty good go-forward last week. Uh, And their movement from, especially to the left, was was decent as well. Maddie Bartlett on the end of a couple of nice movements, but they were just a bit sloppy defensively and sort of a bit wasteful, I thought, when they did get the ball in good possession. So, yeah, I I like the Roosters to win this one comfortably. Um, Yeah, yeah. nothing nothing more to add there. It looks pretty light cut and dried. I thought Para were dreadful last week, and (laughs) they, they, they will play the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. So, so Para were pretty much
1: uh, spoon favorites, right, going into the season. And I believe
0: then... there was like three teams, like equal last in the Premiership betting, and they were one of them, along with the tight. I want to say the Cowboys and the Tigers, maybe, but anyway. So,
1: just yeah. So, because yeah, Para lost a lot of lot of players from from last season. Yes, a so they, 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 they got absolutely pillaged.
0: They really, um, really did.
1: And I mean, yeah, last week wasn't great, but I don't really see the avenue for them to 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 improve this week. I well, I mean,
0: the, I think the dragons aren't overly strong either. They, no. They've certainly got a stronger team in this one though.
1: Yeah. I think they've just got a little bit class where it matters. I think mm. there's a little bit of a deficit. And I mean, yeah, it's really hard to watch para last week and just go, well, maybe they can bounce back.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. I'm going to, I'm going to take the dragons in this one. As will I. All right. Uh, Knights hosting the Cowboys. Um, this is a double header at Belmore. Um, yeah, Knights, Knights, Knights do it here. Knights do it pretty comfortably, I think.
1: I think so. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the, the, the Southwell, uh, fucking Jesse Southwell, having a pretty good game last week. I thought some nice touches with Caitlin Moran, inviting them around the middle of the park, and you know, Tamika Upton working off the back of that. It just seems like um, the the Knights again. I feel like when I watch a lot of NRW, I look at the spines and I look at this Newcastle spine and especially their fullback and halves. And I just go, well, there's enough creativity there where they can just exploit some of the spaces around the ruck and get the ball out wide quickly against a pretty inexperienced Cowboys side. Um, You know, Manzelman and Kira did, I thought were okay last week, but I think the Knights just have too much cattle here.
0: And finally, a top-of-the-table clash between the West Tigers and the Cronulla Sharks. I think Roosters aside, they were probably the two most impressive teams. Last week, and um, especially the Tigers who romped home in that game. My girl, Bovet, was, I think, finished with 23 try assists, I believe. <laughs> but it all came off the back of some brilliant go forward from Keziap, Sarah Togatuki, and a couple others. And of course, Lasana Latu coming off the bench and, and, and killing it. Um, but, but you know, I, I think the Sharks were more than good value for their win as well. And I'm really excited for this game. I thought J- Jada Taylor was fantastic last week for yeah. Gianella, coming off the end of some of that shape and just, it's just shooting through the gaps. And yeah, obviously, neither of these teams have rung the changes this week. Why would they? Um, yeah, well,
1: we know Jada Taylor's got that electricity in her. You think back to last year in the under-19s origin, that Nathan Gardner-esque tries he scored for the Blues, for those true shark goes out there. If you think back to that game against the Roosters, I think, 10 years ago, where he ran about 140 metres across field.
0: Oh, yeah. I was in an, I was in an airport when that happened and that, uh, that was the I believe that was the game where they were down 26 nil to the Roosters and won 28 26 something like that and when I was in the customs line at Atlanta airport they were down 26 nil and then when I finished through customs they were up and have won
1: I was in a box at that game because that's how the one percent live
0: that was the game right they were down i I
1: don't remember I just oh, remember that fuck. try <laughs> well I thought
0: you remember the, my two Nathan Gardner memories of that try and that game where they were down like 26 nil and won 28 26 but I don't remember if they're the same game Oh, and sitting behind, I think at a WWE house show at the Kudos Bank Arena.
1: So, <laughs> um,
0: shout out Nathan Gardner.
1: No, but back on back on this one, I think you know you're a big bowery Welsh man. I'm a mm. big bowery Welsh man. She was class last week. I mean, it was a pretty close game early on. Like it was pretty evenly played, and everyone was like, "Well, maybe the Tigers have kind of, you know, looked a little bit disjointed still early in their existence." But then that second half, they just kind of pulled away and. You know, Walsh was in the in the middle of all of it. Togatuki probably went under the radar a little bit of signings just with the flurry that happened elsewhere. But yeah, she was exceptional as well. And you look at the the Sharks team and you know Tonegato and Taylor, probably their avenue to win in this one, just combining with their speed through the middle. I'm not sure how you feel though about Tonegato being at six. I guess you just gotta accommodate Taylor in there somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key, right? I think it's one of those cases where they're better with those two both in the team. So yeah. you've got to You've got to By the way, Nathan Gardner did not play in that in that comeback win when I was in the line at the I don't know why I always conflate um him with that that try with that game, but he's not playing the game when they were 24 0 down at 130, No, won 30, but no, but...
1: no, it was a pretty big game. There was about seventy-five people there. So Shout out
0: Jacob Gagan did you get a double. What about this bloke? Um but yeah, all right. So that's that's the NRLW uh coming up this weekend. Uh once a week to dual screen games and pretend like we're watching Red Zone, which I am a huge fan of.
1: Where's Scott Hansen?
0: Semi-Ranrandra trying the chip and chase. Oh, no, it's semi And Radraja's away. Semi-Ranrandra. Oh, this will be interesting. Oh, yes, it will. Yes. semi Oh, He's absolutely buried it. Radraja. All right, some news before we get out of here. Uh, Benjamin, uh, I wrote something for ESPN today just looking at the state of play with six weeks to go in the season, and we're not going to read the whole thing; it's sixteen hundred words long. But what I am going to do is just quickly shoot at you because uh, I mean I'm sure you'll come back on the show again before the end of the season. But we'll give you a chance now to sort of pontificate on what you think is going to happen with the final shakeup for the rest of, for the rest of the season. So I'll start. Do you want me to start at the bottom or the top?
1: Uh, start at the bottom.
0: Okay, so the the tier of run the table, then maybe is the Roosters and the Dolphins, eight and ten. I think I put them in there purely because mathematically they're not out yet and, you know, just in case.
1: I'll put a line through the Roosters.
0: I put, a, I will put a line through them every single week, but there is still a mathematical chance at the final, so I had to put them on here just in case. But I think we can sort of kind of just dismiss them. Is that fair?
1: It's a soft line.
0: Yeah, a soft line. Uh, and a softer line is the 8-1 and 9 Newcastle Knights and the 8-1 and 9 Manly Seagulls. I think I also kept record of how many games against top nine opponents each team has remaining in the season. Manly only have two, the Knights have three.
1: Who are those Who are those top nine against though? But for the oh. Knights, I don't care about Manly.
0: Oh wow. okay. So the, <laughs> the the Knights obviously play Canberra this weekend. That that's one of them. Yep. And then they finish. Uh, they play the Sharks on the Sharks is their old boys' day game in round uh, twenty six, and they play the Rabbitohs in round twenty five.
1: Yeah, see, I'm probably a little bit <clears throat> higher on the Knights than maybe a softish line. I, mean, I know they've got a lot to do. The but other
0: games are Dolphins in Perth, Dogs at home, and Dragons last week of the season.
1: I, I can see at least three wins there. I don't know what they They need more look.
0: than three, Benji. They need five or six. 20, like,
1: 29, yeah.
0: I think yeah. you probably need to be... I think 13 and a half is probably enough, right? I oh, think where some be, of these teams need to worry about their for and against... Well, don't worry about buys. Just think about wins. So I think 13 wins and a draw... Is probably enough, and that's so. That means they have to. That means they have to go five and one. And I think yeah, that there's yeah, a okay, world where they line. can do that, but like I think it's just going to be hard. Like I don't. I can't see them beating all three of Canberra, Cronulla, and Souths, and they've got to win at least two of those. No,
1: no, probably not. And then they've uh, got
0: no room for error elsewhere. And like the Dolphins aren't mugs, and that Dragons game will be last week of the season. And the Dragons, I guess, famously ended the uh, ended the. Broncos season last last year and the, the last Famously. The so,
1: yeah. I yeah. think of those two, though, like, yeah, <clears throat> I don't really trust Manly to kick this up, especially with some of the no, forwards. Lost.
0: No, no. I, I, again, out of plot. So, next tier down is Danger Signs. And there I've got the 10 and 8 Sharks and the 10 and 9 Eels. So, again, Sharks with four of their final six games against top nine opposition. And one of the other two is the Knights on Old Boys Day. And Parramatta, we've been through the draw in the show. I think every week for the last couple of months, but three out of five against top five opposition, top nine opposition. But they are, of course, three away trips to Brisbane, Melbourne, and Penrith.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, it's a murderer's row, isn't it? I'd almost like if the Sharks didn't have those
0: bank wins already, I'd almost put them in the tier below. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair. But um, so they've got they've got a pretty brutal run. I, I Like. I think they have to beat at least one of Penrith and Souths the next two weeks, and it's really hard. And that even then, then after that, they've got to be close to perfect, and it's really tough to see that happening.
1: Yeah, I still think they probably squeak into the eight just by virtue of earlier in the season, and mm. they've got a pretty healthy for and against. But yeah, whoever they're playing in the, in so, the finals, yeah. But I
0: assume you've got one of these two missing out.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. I, for some reason, I think of the Rabbitohs. Yes, one of the sharks deals. the ALS. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So the reason Souths, despite having also ten wins, are in the tier above is because they only have one game left against a top nine opponent, and it's the Sharks who they will probably smash. Ah, cupcake so, schedule. It real? Well, what I mean, they've gone through. A <laughs> it's, it's, it's just real shame that the most cupcake of their games came during Origin when they didn't have their players. Like, I would have loved to play the Dragons, the Bulldogs at full strength. But anyway, they finished the year with games against, off the top of my head, it's the Dragons, the Knights, the Roosters, the Sharks, and then and this week against the Tigers as well as another bye. In there somewhere so yeah. uh, again i i think it's a shame how for me how the season's gotten away from them a little bit i don't think they're going to be challenging for the they they really can't be challenging for the top two like i thought they were going to be when they were like first on the table after 11 rounds but i do think that there's a chance they could still sneak into fourth but they've got no margin for error really they've got to, i think they've got to run the table to finish fourth but i do think that their schedule is soft enough that they'll be comfortably nestled into the bottom half of the eight
1: yeah, I agree. But on that, do you would you prefer as a Rabbitos fan for them to finish fourth and have to play Penrith or in Brisbane in yes. week one of the finals? Yeah, absolutely. Rather than just a layup against like the Sharks,
0: no, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather the second chance, mate. And on top of that, they've beaten they've beaten both of those teams, and one of those games was in Brisbane. So yeah, fair enough. Like I think that a full and they were poor last week, but I think a full strength Rabbitohs don't shouldn't fear anyone even the Panthers even though I do think the Panthers are morals to win the comp you still <laughs> rather get that double chance and honestly if you play if you finish fourth and play Penrith in week one of the finals means you can't play them again until the grand final and South's already beat them at the ANZ Stadium this year so
1: and that was 2021
0: yeah shit <laughs> <laughs> so that was, a, that was a, well I but hey that was a, it was a really close that was a really good first week of the finals game and a really good grand final so uh the other teams in that tier are the Cowboys Again, three out of five against top nine opponents, but I think they've got two home bankers against the Dragons and someone else who's not very good. Um, uh, the tit- it's the Titans this week, isn't it? And then... Um, yeah. Not a home banker, but a banker nonetheless. And uh, the Raiders also in that tier. But again, the Raiders, I think, I'd probably drop them down a tier maybe to be a bit worried if they lose this week. I think it's fair to say. I mean, the Raiders, they they live in the tier of worry, don't they? That's fair. Uh, the Storm are also in this tier, by the way, purely because they have six games left and four of them are against top nine opponents.
1: Yeah, I, a bit like the Roosters. Like with the Storm, I just see the Storm name and I just don't get worried about them.
0: Yeah, but, that's. I think it's Storm in that it's because it's of the name, right? But again, yeah. like this is my main takeaway. Why by, by, by doing this, by the way, was that like every team in the top nine, except for Souths and the Warriors, has like a brutal run home, including your Penrith Panthers. But yeah, so the Storm of those top eight opponents that they have left, of this, uh, Parramatta tomorrow night, um, then your boys in Penrith the following week. Then Canberra in Melbourne, which is no, not no gimme, given Canberra's. it's well, a home game for Canberra? Yeah, and then a couple of couple of layups against the Dragons and the Titans, but then trip to Brisbane, Suncorp Stadium, final round of the season. So very tough run in, very very tough.
1: What was the tier called again? I forgot.
0: This is um, you can't like you can't lock in the finals. I I can't you know uh, what did I call? It? Can't take it for granted just yet. Yeah okay okay. No. Yeah, they can't take it for granted. I I have them probably finishing again. I I think they and South will be fifth and sixth. And the Cowboys fourth.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys are just in red hot form at the moment. And I mean, with, with with Scotty Hydrate, anything is possible.
0: So there's a reason why there's three teams in the top tier, which I've called top two shootout. The top two, obviously, are Brisbane at Penrith. Brisbane because they've got two more wins in the third place and Penrith because they're Penrith and they're currently on top of the ladder. In saying that, you've got games against the Sharks, Melbourne, Parramatta and North Queensland, but they're all four of them at Penrith Stadium. So... That's fine. You'll win at least four of your last six, I think, and comfortably cruise into a top two spot. Brisbane as well. Again, brutal run in. They got four out of their last five against top eight teams, but probably just win two of those and make the top two. So it doesn't matter. You'll be fine.
1: Uh, Are they mostly in Brisbane or?
0: Uh, Yes. Yes. Obviously it starts at the Gabba by the time people have heard this last night against the Roosters, but then Townsville for the Cows. Gabba again for Parramatta. Another bye. Trip to Canberra. Storm at home. So, Really tough, really tough stuff. So this is the Roosters are the only team they play that's not currently in the top eight for the rest of the year. But again, a buy as well really helps them. I think yeah. they probably only need to win two, or by the time people hear this tomorrow, if if they've won the game, one of their remaining games to to make the top two. I think it's fair to say. Just because of how yeah, the there's just
1: there's just such a gap. I don't really think there's too much danger. Yeah, they not at all. The top not two. at all.
0: But if anyone can sneak in there, it's the Warriors because. As I mentioned, South's only played one top nine opponent. The rest, of you. do you know how many the Warriors play, Ben?
1: I'm going to take a wild guess. It's zero.
0: It is zero. The order of their remaining, the current ladder positions of the remaining opponents are in order: fourteenth, last, eleventh, fifteenth, thirteenth. That's their run in. Jesus Christ. Yep. Um, there is no logical reason why they can't go five and zero, oh, is there? No,
1: nah, and they've got to buy as well, haven't they?
0: Yeah, so they're on 12 right now. They're only one win behind Penrith, obviously with the worst for against. So you call it two wins to both of those teams. Yeah, both, both Brisbane and... You'd imagine that like if they win all their games and the Broncos drop two games, that'll be enough to bridge up a 20-point for and against gap, which is what it currently is. So you'd imagine for all intents and purposes they need to get two more wins than Penrith or two more wins than the Broncos. I, it's tough to see... So assuming the Warriors run the table and go 5-0, and zero, which is not beyond their own... It's hard to win. It's hard to do that regardless. Yeah. But assuming they do do that, that would then require Brisbane to go three and two or the Panthers to go four and two. And yep. it's, yeah, I don't see that happening. So I think the Warriors are going to finish the season really strongly and be a firm third place.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot to make up just to get to the break even point before you even think about overtaking.
0: Yeah. All right. So some other news now. Uh, Brisbane's NRW rookie Ashley Werner sobbed uncontrollably as she was handed a two-game suspension for biting opposite number Jamie Fressard on the forearm. And of course, she became the first NRLW player to be sent off. How good, Trailblazer! Not, 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 a great introduction to the NRLW, is it? I do love the classic. Took less than fifteen minutes to find her guilty. The deliberators was good. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's not really much else to say, but yeah, uh, Tough scene. She definitely did it. <laughs> <But> <laughs> it was pretty bad. Um, but let's let's have a let's have a little chat about some NRL signings before we get out of here. Um, we'll. You're here, so we'll start with that. Liam Martin re-upping with the Panthers.
1: Yes, I think there's been a, a really big shift in the public opinion around Liam Martin this year. I from, agree. From like a workhorse plotter kind of getting into rep sides because he plays with Penrith too. Like holy shit, this guy's actually he's actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, I think I no no issues there. I think it was probably along with Toto your best player in Origin this year crime was pretty good too, but he's not, not going to be a player anymore in a couple of months, but cheers, Matt. Sorry. Well, <laughs> I mean, you'll be fine. You'll just find another one off the table. You should have played too, but anyway, well, absolutely. But um, yeah. So yeah, I think great resigning as well as Dane Laurie returning, which you with this and Maverick guy being promoted to the top 30.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen Mav play like once, I think preseason last year and he broke his arm, but he just seems like a keep him around. Cause he's got the last name thing more mm-hmm. than anything. I don't think he's actually anywhere near close to a, a debut, but eh, we'll see. He's, I don't even know what position he is. He's kind of a mix of back rower, lock, yeah, centre. Uh,
0: South Sydney have been pretty busy re-signing people. And I think that uh, if you go back to when they signed Jack Whiten, a lot of people said that as long as it meant they kept Jai Arrow, Junior Satola, Keon Colomatungi, and Campbell Graham, then, pe- then they'd be happy. And what do you know? They've re-signed... Three of them now. I think Jai Arrow was the latest. It was in a Daily Telegraph yarn this afternoon. I don't know if it's been confirmed by the club. The Graham and um, the Tola ones have been, but uh, yeah, the headline is um, uh, South Sydney have launched a twenty-five stunning twenty-one point five million dollar uh, re-signing offence. I did
1: see that, so and I'll be phoning up the uh, auditors right after we're done. That
0: does seem twenty-one million dollars. Does seem like it's more than the salary cap. So
1: we'll, we'll ignore that. It's over multiple years.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and I believe that in that article mentioned that Jair is happening and that Keon's not far away too. So I don't,
1: I don't let facts get in the way of a good
0: agenda. Totally fair. But yeah, I think that um, yeah, I, I'm delighted. What, what what more can I say? They're the they're the guys that I thought that South couldn't afford to lose if they got Jack Whiten, and that they they've now locked them all in. So no, happy days.
1: No, there's a key loss, which I assume you'll get to in a second.
0: Oh yeah. Well, that was I was saving the best for. Life. We've got to save the dessert for the end. <laughs> oh man, what a week it's been. For not bulldogs, it's been a a (laughs) bad week. Signed Cy Takiaho, Liam Knight, the Lion of Transvaal, Blake Torf, and the weak gutted dog Jamin Salmon. Um, they're going to obviously have a bit of fun with that one, with them being the bulldogs. But yeah, um, not not, and I'm nonplussed by these signings.
1: Yeah. So Liam Knight, I just don't think is very good. So that's that's that analysed. Mm. Um. Blake tough I just don't know where he plays. I'm cause... gutted.
0: I really do like Blake Tough, but if he's going to be on, you know, I I'm assuming they're offering him more money than Souths were.
1: Yeah, and surely. He'll probably
0: get a little bit more of a shot at first grade footy. But you're right; like they've already but, got Stephen Crichton to play half uh, to play fullback. Matt earns the 5'8". eighth. You've got Toby sex Sexton got or Carl Ollapower to play halfback.
1: I think he I think can't they play see, anywhere else. I think they see Ollapower as a lock. That's okay. what. That's what. The, uh, that's what Gus has been xing. So
0: That's true. But also, as you said, Toby Sexton's there as well. So, like, again, it just feels like he's going from being sort of the fifth banana at the Rabbitohs to being the fifth banana at the Bulldogs. And I think that you wouldn't do that for any reason other than money. So he must have been offered a bit more, which no. I can't begrudge you, But uh,
1: Unless he unless he looks at Stephen Crichton and goes, I can, I can send you back to the centres, buddy. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, maybe. I think he was very, very good in that game against the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago, but I didn't think he was great. Last week against the Broncos, the, the good game's been that they have been in there, the, and he's clearly a very talented player. But yeah, it was, I thought he was a perfect sort of 14/18 for South. He's always everyone around the club loves him. Obviously, a local boy can play a bunch of positions, can fill in, but really, yeah, kind of, kind of not the guy you want playing fullback for 10 weeks when the truck because the troll Mitchell can't get on the field. But no. I wish him the best. Big black tough at Liam Knight as well. Wishing the best. A really, honestly, a really good rabbit at times. He sort of went off the boil later on with the injuries and stuff. But there was a little period there where he was, when he was on form, he was a genuinely, a genuine, like good quality first grade middle. So if he can rediscover that form, that'll be a good signing. I don't know anywhere near as much about Jamin Salmon as you do. It feels like he just comes off the bench and plays 10 minutes in first grade every week and has (laughs) done for like two years now. He's a Uh, premiership winner. I'm not arguing that. Are you, how are you feeling about that?
1: So I, I didn't really rate Salmon, but to be fair to him this year, I think I've kind of lifted a little bit on him. Okay. He's very, he's very versatile. He can play on the edge as a back rower. He can play as a half, which he did uh, during Origin period. But a very, I would say, capped player. Like he's got a little bit about him, but for what the board, it just seems like a really pointless, like depth sign. It's a depth signing, so I guess yeah. you can't get too mad. I don't know what the money is. I haven't seen any reports on the money, but. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be missed too much in the Penrith machine. The one that strikes me as the most odd is Takiaho. That was, like- yeah.
0: I mean, this was a guy who, before he left, like basically said that he wasn't done. Yeah, he couldn't handle the rigors of a of the NRL schedule anymore. And if the, uh, I mean, again, they, who knows if contracts are real? But they, according to the Daily Telegraph reports, yeah. he's on five hundred k a year, which that seems batshit. to be a lot for a guy that sort of yeah was like a really really good player for the Roosters. Loved Takiaho at the Roosters, but by the end was sort of a shadow his former self and, and went over the super thing. I don't really think he was pulling up trees when he was over there at Catalan either. So probably leading man of steel. Yeah, I mean maybe. I haven't looked it up. But um nah.
1: yeah, I just I, like why? I just I don't know what you've signed an an old forward on not like insignificant money a couple another fullback.
0: I, and, I don't get it man. But I look couple- I will say like Dogs yeah. fans complained they needed forwards Liam Knight and C.Y. Tuckaho for are, are forwards. Are so forwards? They are forwards. You do have to be happy about that. I think and they um, do
1: play in the national rugby league. Well, Tuckaho doesn't, but he does now. Yeah.
0: So yeah. So you know, may, maybe it'll work out. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what they're doing. And it, I guess it kind of stings a little more that like their fans were so upset about losing Avarillo. But still, and, I still
1: have no idea what they're doing.
0: People there. and and like, but then they were like, oh, we found it was on X amount of dollars, so you kind of get why they didn't do it. It was like, well. Would you rather have Jay Averillo or would you rather have uh, Liam Knight and Blake Tuff? Cause Or, or, or Blake Taff and C.Y. Takiyaho? Because I know what I'd rather have in 2023. Two players instead of That's one? That's right. Two is more than one. You've passed the test. That's Moneyball. All right. Before we get out of here, I'm going to quickly the people in the top two tiers on our Patreon subscription service. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash because you get a third podcast every single week as well as access to a Discord server, merchandise discounts, entry to next year's Coltrane Cup and plenty more. So, Thank you, too. Chris Abnell, Dave, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Where's Wayno, Alex Sergio Bruce the Pom, Buttsy, call me King of the Mountain up against Dan Cullinane, David, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Ed Burton, Frankie, Osborne scores for Jake's felix with Jason, Joe, Joel Wrigley, John, Josh Brandon, kicks out, out of the comp, Lachlan Hancock, lifelong Dolphins fan, Luke Charles-Smithmore, Matty Jenkins, Matthew Duggan, Melbourne's 07-09 deckhand, Michael Murray, Mr. Beefy, Morgan Watkins, my name is Matt Bungard and I love Taylor Swift, my ding-ding-dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Nick Campton on tailgating where the party never ends, even when the game is over, Pat McManus, Pete Fulcher, Raymond, the jukebox, Stone, Gossard... Bryce Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Ryan James, and the Giant Peachy. See you in Vegas. Shunter. Tough night to take Ho to go and eat salmon. Ty. The Black Vegetable. Thor. Tom Hardy. Was and Westlife podcast. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well.
1: I think I blacked out at the end of
0: that. Yeah, you face farmed visibly at the at the at the tough night one. Yeah. I, I, I- yeah.
1: All, all handsome patrons except Bruce the Pom.
0: We don't like Poms. No, no, no. Come on. We've, we've retained the ashes. We can be cordial again. We can pretend to be class acts. Yeah, you can. I'm, oh, yeah. What would a pen them would not know anything about class? That's true. The only class uh, I
1: know it's the three years of year 12 I did.
0: Congratulations. Uh, all right. Where can people find
1: your work? So beyondthefence.com.au, but also more specifically to the listeners here, I have a weekly footy newsletter, Beyond the Goalpost. Very original, I know. So if sign you go- up for it. If you go to beyondthegoalpost.com, I don't know if it's .au. That's pretty bad of me. probably should uh, know it, that. Yeah, it's it's all there. No, just .com.
0: Wow. Incredible. And it's free to
1: subscribe. It's so. clear that
0: you believe in what you're doing, which is the most <laughs> important thing. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, you just go on the custom flair that some loser on Reddit made for you. Arthur that, content. It's that is, now.
1: That, that's That honestly, I don't understand Reddit. It scares me. That rattled me when I saw that. Did you make it? <laughs> i didn't make it but i okay. do i do check it at least once a week now
0: well i mean i am the one that officially gave you your first reference on wikipedia so maybe i made it
1: speaking of oh at the time of recording the dingaroos two-year anniversary was yesterday
0: okay are the and the the baseball team's getting a bit of chat at the moment they're called the emeralds so we'll do I something like about it. that yeah we'll do something like about it. that no. all right well everyone thank you for listening i uh, hope you've Been enjoying this rotating carousel of co-hosts so far while my good friend Nick Kenton gallivants around the United States. We'll be back next week with a couple more people and plenty of footy and other things to talk about. Say goodbye, Ben. Goodbye. That's goodbye from me.